Thank you for joining in for this City Lights Church podcast. We're a new church in the north of Brisbane, and you can find out more about us at www.citylights.community. We hope that this podcast encourages you in your journey of following Jesus. So good. Well, happy Sunday, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us and uh, if we haven't had a chance to meet my name is Andrew and along with my beautiful wife give us a wave Rebecca we are delighted uh, to lead this wonderful church I wonder if we can join together and pray before uh, we dive into the word today Jesus we thank you for who you are Lord we thank you that you are present Lord we thank you for what you've done who you are, who you are to us, and your plans and your future for us. So right now, in the name of Jesus, we just lean in to your word. We lean in to your truth. We lean in to your plans and your purposes in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, we are jumping into the second week of our series, and the title of our series is this. I saw it coming. And the whole premise of the series is that life is predictably unpredictable and unpredictably predictable, if that makes sense, a little bit of a a tongue twister. But what we're saying is that in terms of what's ahead of us, we need to be realistic and we also need to be prepared for the challenges, for the highs and also for the lows of what this year has in store for us. There's a famous quote uh, which has been adopted by the US Navy SEALs, but originally came from a Greek poet. And the, and the quote is this, we don't rise to the level of our expectations, but we fall to the level of our preparation. And my hope and my encouragement is that as we head into this year, we don't know what's ahead of us, But as best as possible, we want to be prepared and we want to enter in to make the most of the year that's ahead of us. So as part of the series, we're studying the story of David. And if you want to, you can read along with our uh, Bible plan that is uh, diving into David's story. And that's available on our website. And today we are going to be looking at the iconic story of David and Goliath, probably one of the most well-known Bible stories, uh, perhaps in all of the Bible. And here's a, a picture. This is right here. It's the Valley of Elath. So this could have actually been the scene. This is a modern-day photo where David and Goliath faced off right here in this particular thing. You see it's a valley. If you were to look in the other perspective, you would see a hill that's very similar. And this is the scene where we're going to read about the story of David and Goliath. We're reading from uh, 1 Samuel 17. And it says, A champion named Goliath, who was from Gath, came out of the Philistine camp. His height was six cubits and a span, which is approximately nine feet tall or 2.75 meters. He had a bronze helmet on his head 
and wore a coat and a scale of armor of bronze weighing 5,000 shekels. On his legs he bore bronze greaves and a bronze javelin was slung on his back. His spear shaft was like a weaver's rod and its iron point weighed 600 shekels. His shield bearer went ahead of him. Now Goliath stood and shouted to the ranks of Israel, Why do you come out and line up for battle? Am I not a Philistine and are you not servants of Saul? Choose a man and have him come down to me. If he is able to fight and kill me, we will become your subjects. But if I overcome him and kill him, you will become our subjects and serve us. Then the Philistine said, This day I defy the armies of Israel. Give me a man and let us fight each other. On hearing this, the Philistines' words, Saul and all the Israelites were dismayed and terrified. The title of my message this morning, as part of I Saw It Coming series, is this, Prepare to Face and Finish Your Giants. Prepare to Face and Finish Your Giants. In 2023, you are going to have to deal with giants. Now, listen to this. A giant is anything that oppresses you and opposes you advancing in the things of God, in the kingdom of God. It's anything that oppresses you and opposes you advancing in the kingdom of God in your life. Now, giants, we see what giants do. Giants intimidate. Giants paralyze. Giants constrict and restrict. Giants, the words and the voice of the giants are negative, limiting thoughts, just like we heard in this story. And giants will stop you entering into your inheritance in the kingdom of God and will limit your freedom and your flourishing in the way and the plan that God has for you in your life. Now, this message partly comes as a result of things that I had wish I'd known earlier in life. Are there any things that you're like, I learned a lesson, but I wish I didn't have to learn that lesson the hard way. Now, I would also say, as part of this, I wish I'd known this earlier, or perhaps I'd wished I'd listened when somebody tried to tell me. Because sometimes it's like, oh, we... I wish I'd known this earlier and then we're reminded, oh, someone tried to communicate that to you and you weren't ready and you weren't open. And so I want to encourage you to open your heart in this time and allow the seed of the Word of God to take root in order that you can thrive in the things and the promises of God. I want to speak a word of encouragement that this is your year. 2023 is your year to face and finish giants. Now, I I don't know what your giant is, but this is your year to face and finish, to destroy the influence of this giant in your life. And this morning I want to give you five keys to face and finish your giants. And the first one is this. We need to name it. 
You must name it before you can tame it. This is the first step. Now in the story, we see that Goliath was known by his name. He was known by, he had a shape, he had a size. He had particular distinctives around him. He had a sound. There was a voice. There was feelings associated with his presence. And I want to say that that's the same for us. If we are going to face and finish the giants of our life, we need to name it. We need to identify it. And I don't know what your giants are. The song that we sang said this, I may not face Goliath, but I've got my own giants. Everybody has giants and everybody will face giants in their life. Maybe for some of you, it is a giant of fear. Maybe it's fear of failure, fear of not being good enough, fear of letting others down, fear of loss, fear of missing something, not doing something right. Fear of the future, fear of unknown, fear of change. Maybe we battle rejection. Maybe there's someone here in this room that battles rejection. I want to give you two signs that you may be under the influence of rejection. One is this, and I've experienced this in my own life from time to time. One is this, is you feel excluded. You don't feel included. That's the first sign. But the second sign is that you start to resent people for not doing more. These are two signs of rejection. And they tap into one of our greatest needs, which is for approval. Maybe some of you are fighting burnout. Maybe you are run down. Maybe you are running on empty. Maybe you're always just hopping enough to get you through the week, the day. Maybe for some of us, the giant of comfort has taken Hold that in our life, maybe for whatever reason, we just continue to choose the easiest path and the most comfortable path in life, decision after decision. And maybe for some of us, it's addiction. Addiction is anything that we can't live without. And we can be addicted to pretty much anything except coffee. Coffee's okay. But there's a whole list of other things. We can binge on food. We can binge on series. We can be addicted to alcohol, to drugs, gambling. We can be addicted to toxic relationships, to shopping. We just, we need that thing to get us through. And if left unchecked and unchallenged in our life, these addictions can devastate us and oppress us and put us in bondage and that's what we're talking about today for me one of the giants that I had to face was the giant of discouragement I remember very clearly it was July 2017 Uh, we went away to the beach uh, for a holiday in the middle of the year which was nice but at that time I just I felt so discouraged. I, I didn't feel my perception of myself was that I wasn't good at anything. I didn't think I was a good dad. I didn't think I was a good pastor. 
I didn't think that I was a good leader. I didn't think that I could preach. I just like my self-assessment of my life under the influence of the giant of discouragement was really challenging. Now, we, we were blessed to go on holidays. That particular holiday, we had a very busy two-year-old. Who's ever been on a holiday with a two-year-old? That they do not, they are not still for like 10 seconds. And then in that holiday, uh, my dad's putting up his hand. He's obviously talking about my brother. <laughs> what a rascal that guy is. And then uh, at the end of that holiday, our busy two-year-old got hand, foot and mouth. And so it was one of those times that probably wasn't as relaxing or as refreshing as what it could be. It was, I was under the influence of the giant of discouragement. And coming out of that, I, was, I thought, well, I, I'm just going to take a break from ministry. I'm going to look, look to go back to the corporate sector. I'm going I'm to look to just... Just put pause and, and just, just see because I, I didn't feel like I was good at anything. We've got to name it before we can tame it. What is it for you? In this moment as I'm talking, some of the things that I'm saying, what do you think your life is under the influence of? What is limiting you? What are the voices? Here's a couple of questions to name the giants in our lives. What am I afraid of? If you say, what am I I afraid of? Well, I'm afraid of disappointing people or I'm afraid of failing or I'm afraid of being alone. If you start to ask yourself that question, you will get clarity on the giant, the influence. Where are you stuck? This is a great question. This is also a great question to ask someone that loves you and that you trust because sometimes you know we can't always see where we're stuck because we're stuck but if we ask someone else they'll be like oh yeah it's really easy you're you're stuck here and I hope that you have someone like that here's another question what are the limiting beliefs on repeat in your head what is the script that's cycling over that is limiting you from embracing everything that God has for you, here's a. This final question is a question that uh, my mentor asks me regularly, every couple of months. It says, "If the devil was going to take you out, how would he do it?" This is perhaps to identify the giant in your life, but also to preempt where that make told, which is what we're trying to do. We're trying to prepare to face and finish. Our giant. So the first thing is name it. The second thing, which we see in the story, is this. Imagine the upside. He asks himself the question, what would happen if my giant was dead? The reason I've got this in here is we'll read, this is what David did. Verse number 26. David asked the man standing near him, What will be done for the man who kills this Philistine and removes this disgrace from Israel? Who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? We see, actually, the answer to this question in the preceding verse says, The king will give 
great wealth to the man who kills him. He will also give him his daughter in marriage and will exempt his family from taxes in Israel. We need to imagine the upside. Now, I know that this is quite difficult because when we are under oppression, when we're under fear, when we have these negative voices, it's very, very difficult for us to imagine life being any different. Who would know being in a season like that? But what we need to do at times is just to say, okay, this is not a magic wand. This is not, I still accept reality. But for a minute, what would happen? What would it feel like if I was free from burnout? What, what would it feel like if the giant of discouragement, the giant of grief, the giant of addiction, what would it be like? What would my relationships be like? What would my family be like? What would my inner peace? And we need to imagine the upside, and this is exactly what David did. As Christians, as believers, we need to imagine what it would be like to fully inherit every promise of the kingdom of God. The Apostle Paul says in the book of Ephesians that we are blessed with every blessing. Every spiritual blessing is available and sometimes giants get in the way of us accessing every spiritual blessing. So here's a question. What would it be like for you to have all the joy that you need, all the peace that you need, all the provision that you need, all the hope that you need, all the freedom, all the healing that you need, maybe that's in your body or in your heart, in your emotions. What would it be like? And this is what David did in this story. Everyone else was focusing on the power of the, the, the giant and David had the faith and the ability to see beyond and say, hey, there's something else, something else going on here. Now, this is difficult, and I'll tell you why, and we see this in the story. Our third point here is it's difficult because when we start to imagine the upside, we see we get friendly fire. Some of those uh, in the army or you know the term friendly fire is we start to get voices or critics or opposition from people close within us but usually also from within. So if I'm oppressed and I start to imagine a life of freedom, what's going to happen? There is going to be a war, a conflict, sometimes usually within me that says, I can't do that. Or why do you want to do that? And so as we start to make future progress and start to be in a position to face the giants, we need to expect and ignore Friendly fire. Here, listen to this story. Verse 28. When Eliab, David's oldest brother, heard him speaking with them, he burned with anger at him and asked, Why have you come down here? And whom did you lead those few, leave those few sheep in the wilderness? I know how conceited you are. And listen to this. This phrase is significant in the story of David. And how wicked your heart is. You came down 
only to watch the battle. Now, last week, we talked about one of the distinctives of David's calling, his origin story, one of the distinctives of the mark that was upon him, why God delighted in him, was five words, a man after God's own heart. In fact, the prophet Samuel publicly says, I am overlooking you other brothers because I'm looking at the heart. Now, David starts to make forward momentum, and what gets challenged? His heart, his motives, his calling. And I want to encourage you to expect that once you name, once you identify the giants of your life, and once you start to imagine the godly future of freedom that's ahead of you, you are going to face friendly fire. And you're going to have opposition and you're going to have people that say, you can't do that. They are going to directly challenge your calling. They are going to directly challenge your character. They are going to challenge your motives. And that's everything that we see in this little passage of this story. Is that as I start to move forward to be in a position to face whatever is oppressing me, And stopping me, I'm going to get opposition. I'm going to get a voice that says, well, Andrew, you can't be free. You can't be free from that discouragement. When we first started to plant this church, I had people come up to me that I didn't even know well. Why do you want to start a church? We've got other churches. No, don't, don't start a church. Opposition to the calling, to what God wanted to do. If we hadn't started this church, we wouldn't have been able to celebrate so many stories of people experiencing freedom, coming into relationship with Jesus. But expect and ignore friendly fire. Some people, like when people close to them, at times start to say, you can't get free, you can't do this, why are you doing this? You, you don't, your heart's not right. You've got to push past that. Because it's so important. And I'll tell you why. This is actually one of the last pushes. And if you can get past, if you can name your giant, if you can, if, if you can imagine a future without it, if you can imagine the upside, and if you can ignore, and if you can face the giant, here's what happens. There's a guarantee that if you fight, you win. Not if you win the fight, you win. If you fight, you win. If you get yourself to a position where you face your giant, you will win. It's not how you do, it's actually how you show up. And I'll tell you exactly why. And the reason is this, is that you face the giant, but you don't fight the giant. Jesus does. You face the giant, but you don't fight the giant. It's Jesus that fights your battles. In fact, he's already done it, but we just have to, what the word we'd use is appropriate the victory. The victory has been won, but I have to make it specific to my circumstance, to my life, to claim that promise, to claim that power, to claim that authority of Jesus. And you face the giant. But you don't fight the giant. This is why there are so many things that want to stop you from actually turning up to the starting line. 
If you can get yourself to the starting line, you will win the race. My story of overcoming discouragement, when I think about and meditate on that story, which I have done as part of preparing, I don't recall being in a position where I'm like, yeah, Andrew, you, you like nailed that. You, you were like, you were so strong. What I recall doing is just positioning myself day by day to allow Jesus to work out that situation. It wasn't overnight. Sometimes I've prayed for things and bang, it's broken. Not in this case. You face the giant, but you don't fight the giant. So David, in the story, we won't go through all of it, he gets permission to fight the giant. He's skilled uh, with stones, with flinging stones. Most of us know this, this story, right? And so he gets permission. He's got some cred. He's defeated lions. He's defeated bears. And he's got a little bit of relationship there. And he gets to the point, the starting point. And here's my fourth point here, is that when we fight, we fight with humility. We fight with humility. We put his words in my head and his truth in my mouth. Because our biggest battle is not the giant. Our biggest battle is the internal battle is positioning ourselves where we can humble ourselves to say, you know what, I actually can't defeat this giant. I actually, I, this, these circumstances, I agree these circumstances are, are impossible, but it's Jesus working with me. Now we read this in and working for me. Verse 45, it says, David said to the Philistine, you come against me with sword and spear and javelin, but I come against you with bear-killing rocks. I come against you with a lion-killer sling, version 5.0. He doesn't say that, despite the fact that he's got runs on the board, despite the fact that that is his method. That's how he's approaching the, the battle. He comes to him and he says, he doesn't say that. He says, but I come against you. In the name of the Lord Almighty. Think about that. I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty. In the Bible, when they use the word, if people come in a name, you say that the name represents everything about that person. The character, the power, the authority. That's why we say, in the name of Jesus, every knee will bow and every tongue confess because we say that there is something wrapped up in that. And this is what David did. And if we are going to win, we'll win because of Jesus. And I just want to, I want you to think about that because there is great peace and there is great freedom and there is great hope in that. Because you don't have to strive to beat your giant. 
You don't have to strive to finish your giant. The thing that is oppressing you, you've got to identify it. You've got to put truth. You've got to get to the point where, Jesus, I choose to fight this, not in my own name, but in your name. And it's so releasing. When we think of Goliath, and, and we even use this term in our language that's uh, disconnected, we would say something is a Goliath, meaning something is, is so big, it's huge. We would use it to describe something of impressive height and stature, a giant. But have you ever thought about the whole point of the story is that Goliath was incredibly vulnerable? He had all this armor, they've described it. He also had his armor bearer with a shield actually standing in front of him. And God had a method and a way that bypassed all of those things and killed Goliath in an instant. Hits him, drops dead. Kills him in an instant. Have you ever thought about that? That the whole point of this story is something that looked so impregnable, something that looked so strong and so powerful was defeated in an instant. God can do the same for you. God can do the same for you. Think about that. The thing that has been speaking to you, the voice, maybe for some of you it's been Years, maybe for some of you it's decades, maybe there's limiting thoughts, limiting beliefs, maybe there's a situation or a circumstance that when you think about it, it still causes you pain. Maybe there's something in your life, we've all got them. Giants. We face the giant, but we don't fight the giant. My last point is this. And it's this one. It says, make a trophy. You know what David did? He killed him, Goliath, with his stone. He drops dead. But he did what he promised. He said, I'm going to cut your head off. And what he did is he grabbed that sword. I know it's gruesome. And he chopped his head off. We don't know how sharp the sword was. We don't know if he did it in one try. If he had a lot of tries. But what he did after he did that is he began to drag it around the camp. He brought it to the king. And that brought courage. I want to encourage you, maybe even your own circumstances and your own feelings are not motivation enough for you to face this giant in your life. But let me ask you a question. What if defeating your giant was the courage that someone else needed? David's actions caused a whole army to rise up? What if 
our defeating our giant, us taking action, us partnering with Jesus, us humbling ourselves was the catalyst that we needed for our family, was the catalyst that we needed in our church community, was the catalyst that we needed in our connect group, our small group, that God can say, we can say, by the grace of God, this giant no longer exists in my life. I'm free. Thank you for listening. You can find out more about City Lights Church at www.citylights.community.